Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. You bench yourself. If you lay the ball on the ground, you come out for a few plays, and then it's up to the position coach, whoever, to put you back in whenever that's time. And that's not James, that's whomever. When the ball goes on the ground, you come back. I almost took uh, Treadmill make a great place uh, Sunday, and he was loose with the ball. Remember that great run he had after the catch and all that? And I almost took him out of the game because he got away from him. But it was uh, he was right next to the cell, and I grabbed him. I said, lock the ball. He said, you're right, coach, you're right. Lock the ball, lock the ball. So it's just to refocus, reframe your mind, and make sure that the sound bites are buzzing through your head as you touch the football. A lot coming from the James Robinson situation yesterday from head coach Urban Meyer as well as Trevor Lawrence. We just heard what Coach Meyer said, and then we heard Trevor Lawrence who said James Robinson is one of our best, if not the best, offensive player on the field, and he needs to be on the field. I thought that was very powerful what he said, and I think we can all expect that James Robinson is going to get more carries this weekend. If he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the most interesting part of the Urban Meyer part was how he talked about it. I think he, uh, the fans and the observers watching this may have gotten some clarity on what went into the decision, meaning he's been hurt, hasn't practiced, and the thought is that that's where the fundamentals with the fumbling have sort of happened. Uh, I don't know that it's still a great move not to get him back in the game quicker, but that's the rationale, and I think that's the first time I had sort of thought about it in that, uh, you know, holistic to use the wrong word what yeah yeah you needed just some answers and you can agree with it you can disagree with it but at least we now know what the mindset is right sure absolutely let's get into big things big thing one is the coach himself head coach urban meyer a lot of questions with coach meyer about what is going on with the james robinson situation and why is he not more involved with the rotations well that's a decision he made for himself a couple months ago yeah i just evaluated myself as the my career went along and I wasn't as productive in the things I need to be productive worrying about, you know, which foot the three techniques stepping with, you know, when you're, there's so much, I thought just this, uh, reevaluated myself and I, you know, last half of my career at Ohio State, I didn't micromanage everything because it's also hard to sleep at night when you don't, and guys get, you have coaches, that's their responsibility. It's not my responsibility, it's their responsibility. Hire a bunch of good people. Coach the fundamentals as hard as possible, let them do their jobs. And a lot of times I get in the way of that. I know it's too. Big thing, too, is the Titans without Derrick Henry, without A.J. Brown, but they are still the same old Titans who will run the ball, even without those star-studded names we just listed. Every matchup is one the Jaguars have to pay attention to. Jags, me, everybody's still dangerous. You know, uh, you're talking about the season that we want to have, the season that we haven't had yet. You know, we're going to continue to play everybody like the best. It's as simple as that. So uh, I think the names, the accolades, I think all that is out the door now. Is at the point where you just got to come out there and compete. I don't care who they dress up or who's playing. It don't matter. I'm going to treat them like they're the best out there. So um, haven't really even dig deep into what personnel or who they're going to have a little bit of playing time. If you try to come back, it's just it's so many unanswered questions. But uh, like I said, man, we got the point now. We got to play great football. I don't care who's out there or who's playing. Big thing three is the intensity. Shaquille Griffin mentioned it yesterday. He wants to see no moping on the field for these next five weeks. These are really important weeks for the players and the film they put out on the field. And the biggest focus right now is not doing too much. 
Man, just like I've always said, keep getting better. Um, I really just want to go, go play free, go be me, make plays. Um, and I think just having a great week of practice, trusting the game plan, and then just get, when game day comes, letting it rip. That's something that, um, as this season's gone on, obviously there's been, like we said, ups and downs and a lot of stuff going on. And um, that's the one thing I need to be consistent on is just go out there and play and just be myself. And that's something I want to do a better job of. Um, don't play in a box. I just go play free. And that's something I really, really want to do, especially finishing out this season, build on something. Um, like you said, go stack some wins and feel good about the year. Obviously, it didn't go exactly as planned, but still, we can we can finish well and have something to, to build on for next year. And there you have it. Those are big things. One thing I think that is worth commenting on big things is big thing one. And you heard Coach Meyer talk about the micromanagement and how he used to be a coach that was really into that. And he had to take a step back. And I think no one wants to hear this, but we don't give him the leeway and the patience. He's figuring this out too, right? And he's trying to figure out how much he should manage, how much he should trust Coach Parmalee, the running backs coach, with all this going on. It's, it takes some time to figure out the perfect balance. Well, he's the head coach. He's not the wide receiver coach. He's not the tight end coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he doesn't really call plays on either side of the ball. So as a result, he is overseeing what's going on much more than he is specifically involved in, you know, it, I'm sure when a, a play comes from Daryl Bevel, there are times where it's like, okay, are we sure we want to run or pass here? But for the most part, he is overseeing the game. That's his role. Uh, other coaches who have come from coordinator positions uh, perhaps have a different approach to that, Ron. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 back to what you were saying, talking about him learning it, I didn't think there was going to be a point this year where it would seem like he was on the defensive like this. I mean, mm -hmm. taking over a franchise that was 1-15 last year, that uh, had the number one overall pick, that was so talent deficient and putting it together, I didn't think we'd get there. Um, but it is well part of the learning curve for him to figure out. Because the questions that he's being asked about, why don't you know this, are because of the coaches that we've dealt with, right? Because right. most NFL coaches can tell you. I take from Tom Coffin could tell you every single Now he micromanaged and I get it. That's <laughs> not the way that Urban Meyer is. I totally get it. But we're used to in this league, especially where there's one voice, right? Um, we're used to the coach telling us everything there is to know and, and giving us that. So this is a completely different paradigm in terms of uh, transparency, yeah. right? Um, and I can respect that. I kind of understand it. I kind of like it. Um, but when the coach is the one who talks every week, then he needs to be able to say, yeah, we need to get James Robinson in the game. Or, no, I didn't want James Robinson in the game. Mm -hmm. when he was injured. Or, you know, when you fumble, you go to the sidelines. And by the way, he's, James Robinson isn't the first player who's been sent to the sidelines because he's had trouble with the ball, right? That's happened routinely. There was a time, and you remember, when Bill Walsh had a handle put on a football for Wendell Tyler back in the day, remember? And he had to carry that football around. It was a big story on the NFL today with Brent Musburger long ago, far away, right? This, this is not new. Um, he needs to be on the field. He'll be on the field, but it's the coach's prerogative. And I kind of get why the coach is who he is and how he does that. As Schlin could tell you, Vince Lombardi also, also did that in 1967 to a rookie uh, yes. running back. And the rookie running back, Schlin, I know you know the name. I just can't. I can't place the name. Uh, Travis was his first name. Yes, I remember that well. Those were great times, and yes, I recall it greatly. And I know we got to get on because we're going to have Mike Keith on. But real quick, I, I, it's been a good week for Trevor Lawrence at the podium. I really thought his comments on Sunday in Los Angeles, you can't grow weary. And I remember going, wow, that is really heavy stuff for a rookie, right? 
And then I, I got to be free. I He's not be 55, me. apparently, because I have grown weary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you can be honest with you. I didn't bring a lot of intensity to the show yesterday. I think I had grown weary. And I think a lot of people who are watching have grown weary. There's five games left. And there is a reason to be able to hope that we'll see some improvement, right? And hopefully it's the coach growing through his style. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the quarterback saying, hey, he's got to be on the field. And look, this is Trevor Lawrence's team, yeah, right? So he's taking control in, in the way that a Peyton Manning would take control. Um, there's a long way to go, no doubt. But when I see that and when I hear him say, I got to play free, I got to be me, I mean, I love it. No, I, love it. I love what we're seeing from this kid. Totally so I've great. got intensity based on the way that he has stood at the podium this week. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's play. You brought it because of him. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. I love the fact love that he's taking it. control. Yes, you it's definitely important. saw that yesterday. That was the first time you were like, wow, this is his team. And you felt yeah, it yesterday. Yeah, it's his for sure. team. You bet. Absolutely. And that is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. The voice of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Keith, joins us on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. This segment of Jaguars Drive Time has been brought to you by the Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac of St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. Fields matters because you matter. We're back, Jaguars drive time, getting ready for an away game uh, this Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. And who better than the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, to join us on Jaguars drive time. Thank you for joining us this morning. Good morning, Ashlyn. Good morning. I want to know what is going on with this Titans team right now, losing the last two. What is the mindset? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, coming off a, a much-needed buy, uh, a football team that's really been through a lot, uh, was able to sort of weather the storm for a long period of time. And then uh, some of the issues with personnel caught up with them in the Houston game and then sort of magnified in the game against a, a New England team that's playing well right now and not making any mistakes. But, you know, a ball club that was in both of those games um, had a chance in the second half sort of miraculously to take the lead, even though they weren't playing very well. And, now we see if they can get jump-started getting a few guys back after the bye and um, can get back to what they were doing in, in the majority of October and the first part of November. We'll see. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm fine, Brian. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I want to know when you knew that Mike Vrabel was going to be a great head coach. I think I always knew he would be a good one. But I, I've learned in the last year, and especially this year, the way that he has handled the injury situation there and handled his team, I think he's a great head coach. Did you know that earlier, or has he shown it to you this year also? I had a pretty good idea the first time I sat down with him. And, and it's really bizarre because, you know, you've done this for a long time, and so you understand there are a lot of great football coaches who are not great head coaches. There's a difference. And it's so many of them don't see the big picture and understand that you have to manage everything that goes with it. And Mike did immediately. Uh, Mike understood that I had a job to do, that other people in the building had a job to do. And his great respect for everybody was the first sign that 
he saw that when you're a head coach, and his dad was a, a head basketball coach, so he came from being around somebody who sort of got it. But he was a guy who, you know, I'm not going into the bunker and I'm not acting like other things or other people aren't important. That was not his his style. I've seen some guys like that. Everybody who's been in sports has. Mike had a world view of how you become a head coach. And then year by year, Brian, he's gotten better. He's admitted mistakes at times. He's changed things at different times. He knows when to push, when not to push. Uh, he he really is a super head coach for that reason. He's a really good ball coach. He's a good football coach. He knows defense. He knows a lot of things about fundamentals. But he also knows how to manage people. And I, I think that's the real strength of what he does. Uh, I'll tell you who he, he is who Jack Del Rio always wanted to be. But Jack didn't hmm. have Interesting. Jack, he, Jack didn't have that same uh, regard for everyone's job in the building, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, he didn't have that same uh, egoless approach to getting the job done. Jack always aspired to be that guy, and when I, and I and I enjoyed the way that Jack coached in a lot of ways and his approach to the game. Uh, but when I see Vrabel, I think that's that's what Jack wanted to be. So, well, guys, respond to this, and and I mean we we've been through quite a bit this season. As I was doing my boards for Sunday's game. It's, it's really interesting that the majority of the Jaguar team that played against the Titans on October 10th is going to be the team on Sunday. The Titans team, I think they're going to be 15 new guys who play who didn't play in the first game. Maybe more than that. That's crazy. Yeah. And the only way you get through something like this and have a chance is if guys believe in what you're doing. And I think that's the thing Vrabel has gotten across. Over It didn't happen right away, but in year four, it's clearly here now for the Titans. Mike, Derrick Henry has been the identity of this team for, you know, ever since he became a star, basically. Are they still trying to be that team, if you follow me, or have they changed any since he's been out? Well, John, they can't change too much because they're built around it. You know, everything they want to do – offensively has become built around Derek play action, bigger receivers who block, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, when, when you have a singular force like Derek Henry, you'd be crazy not to build around it. So it, it's not as if when you lose Derek, you can say, okay, now we're five wide and we throw every down and, you know, and, and that's some of what has caught up with the Titans in the last two games, John, is is that people have figured out, okay, this is what they're going to try to do, and this is these are the adjustments that we can make towards them. So that's, you know, that's a part of it. Um, but at the same time, listen, they found a couple of backs. I mean, Deontay Foreman has run well. Dontrell Hilliard has run well. You know, there's some things they're they're doing pretty well right now. They had 270 rushing yards at New England a couple weeks ago, but they're kind of still having to find how you adjust to still being that team, but not having the guy who dictates it the way Derek does. And that's a it's a very difficult adjustment. We knew it would be there. And my, and Vrabel said it. You know, nobody said, "Well, we're going on." It's just next man up. 
Well, it may be next man up with everybody except Derrick Henry, right? Because <laughs> there is no other Derrick Henry. Very true. And even without Derrick Henry, this is still a big struggle for the Jaguars, who have not won in Nashville since 2013. So we will see what happens in Sunday's game. Mike, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. When we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network, some he will, he won't, he might. Coming up. Jag Drive Time is presented in part by Dreamfinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. And Jawan Taylor mic'd up against the Rams. You can check out all the mic'd up features always on Jaguars.com. We're back on Jaguars Drive Time. It is Thursday. It is time for some he will, he won't, he might for Sunday's game in Nashville. Brian, what do you got? I'm going with Miles Jack. Uh, he's had a big week. He has. Uh, when you are named the team's Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year nominee, uh, that's a big week. And he's really played well again this season, but on a losing effort in most cases. Um, no Derrick Henry this week helps, yeah. right? I think <laughs> I think you're going to see him build on his big week. Um, he won't miss the chance to make a big play. I, I, I still go back to that game in 2017 in New York where the ball was on the ground. He picked it up. What did he go, 93 yards mm -hmm. on a fumble recovery? 90 yards! It was, uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a big play. He's got that big play in him, and, and I... I it, Look, they don't have Derrick Henry. They're, I think there's going to be an opportunity for him this week to make a play. Uh, and he won't miss that chance. And then he might score the touchdown this week. I mean, this might be the week that the defense takes the ball away, scores a touchdown. That's how this team is going to win. Yeah. It's right? the missing link yeah. defensively that, right now. That's, right. How, that's how this team has a chance to create a winning opportunity for themselves. The offense can't line up and just march down the field like a Titans team can, like the Rams did. They need the defense to give them a short field, to give them a score, a special team score, something on which they can build some intensity. Mm -hmm. And you've been wanting that for Miles Jack. You've been waiting for that big, explosive play all year. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I love the kid. He, I've always enjoyed talking to him. When he was named the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee here, I, I cheered because yep. I just think he's a great kid. He is. Very underrated also what he does in the community. I was talking to him, and he was saying the he – represents building homes here in Jacksonville. He yep. was saying, you know, for me, I had to pick something in Jacksonville. Yep. You can pick all these nationwide charities, but I wanted to do it here in my home, which I thought was pretty cool. Yep. Good kid. Yes. No, uh, no doubt. Uh, I went with Laquan Treadwell. Uh, he will continue to be a factor uh, for one reason they don't have anybody else, but he has earned that. And it's been an impressive story because this is a guy who, as people know, a, a former first round pick, um, a lot of times, guys who were former first-round picks and don't make it don't make it back to contribute, and he has. Uh, he won't solve the deep speed issue. He's not that guy, but he wasn't brought in to be that guy. Um, 
he might, which is the reason I chose this, Brian, because it, it, it is he will, he won't, he might. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, that. There's three. Um, <laughs> he might have played his way into being a factor for the long-term future. I don't know that he's played his way into being a starter for the long-term future. But in the last couple of games, you watch him and you think, this is a guy who belongs in the league. If, if each team has three or four receivers and you multiply by 32, four would be 128, Schlenk. Whoa. Um, so I think he's one of the better 128 wide receivers in the NFL, and I think he'll be around for this team contributing. Tell me this. If you have three guys you love next year and one of them gets hurt, yeah. you don't mind having this kid go in. No, I, I think he's got some Allen Robinson traits to yeah. him, right? So A-Rob is not a guy who runs by people. He can get by people. But A-Rob's greatest technique is that he can go and take the ball away. And I see some of that from this kid. Mm-hmm. He's, he's that kind of a guy. Um, and if they can work on that and refine it, as much as I enjoyed um, listening to Trevor this week, I really enjoyed oh, for sure. listening to Laquan yesterday when, you know, when he talked about working with Julio Jones and having to make tough choices and subjugate his ego. And, I mean, it's, it's important stuff. I like this kid. Yes. Did you like how I rain man there? Because I did not pre-plan the multiplication in that last segment. No, so I, 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 would have, a, I would have failed at it, that it, miserably. It was, it One of these impressive. days you're going to be he will, he won't, he might. <laughs> I might. might I will say that I tweeted out that clip about the ego because I thought it was one of the best sound bites of the season when he said I had to leave my ego at the door when I re-signed on the practice squad. I'm arrogant. I would not have been able to do that. I would have said, see ya. You know, I'm leaving. That says a lot about him that he was able to do that. You'll grow. You'll learn to play with a little humility. I don't know if she will. My, he will, he won't, he might, is Shaquille Griffin. He will be back on the field this week after missing two weeks from concussion protocol. And nothing against Nevin Lawson on Cooper Cup, but that is not the same matchup when you have Shaquille Griffin back there. So this is big for the Jaguars that he will be back on the field. He won't have a lot of stats, and maybe that's a good thing because he's going to be shadowing Julio Jones. And he said he's gone up against him before in his career, and in his words, he did well. So if it's just a game where we don't see a lot of Shaquille Griffin, that's a good game for him covering Julio Jones. He might be the guy that we need right now, the guy that is telling it exactly how it is on the practice field. I think it was pretty eye-opening in his press conference yesterday when he said, yeah, I had to tell some guys, quit moping around. You know, yeah, there's five weeks left and quit hanging your head. I thought that was pretty honest of him and something that someone like him, a team captain who's been around, needed to say. There's still five games left. Yeah, they need more guys like Are him. Are you doing math on me? Yeah. He, uh, 128. He, uh, um, they need more guys like him. It's hard to build core leadership when you've been as bad as this team has been for the last four years because guys you've drafted don't work out, so you don't re-sign them. Uh, so – he was signed. It's hard for a free agent to do what he's done, but he has come in and quickly become a spokesman for the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would like about 10 more of him. Yeah. And they've got a few. Can't afford 10 more of them at $14 million a year. This is true. But I appreciate <laughs> his honesty. No, he look. He's, Something that was needed. His energy level, and when he came in here, and we, we first got to talk and know him a little bit. The free agency presser, yeah. Without a doubt. Awesome. He, he's an impressive guy in that sense. Um, and so you need, you're right, you need him to create a sense of accountability, mm-hmm. right? A sense of this is how we do things from the locker room inside out. It's Trevor's team, but on the defensive side, this kid's got the personality to be that guy. For sure. And that is he will, he won't, he might. Presented by Move Day. Move Day is Jacksonville's most dependable and caring local moving company. Move Day is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
To get a free instant quote, call 844-MY-MOVE-DAY or visit movedaymovers.com. We'll be back on Jaguars Drive Time. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. Getting ready for a Titans game in Nashville this weekend, and we are predicting Monday's headlines today. The Jaguars have not won in Nashville since 2013. I was so there. what's yeah, the vibe we're going for here? Herculean help. Do you know that Hercules was a Titan? In yes. Greek mythology. Yes. You knew yes. that. Right? Oh yes, I knew that well from my uh, Greek uh, classes. Yeah, I think I think James Robinson is going to get a bunch of carries this week, and I think um, he'll get into a groove, and I think that will help. I don't know whether it's enough for them to win. You you can't you can't reasonably rationally pick a team that's scoring ten points per game over the last six games to go on the road, play a team coming off the bye week that has everything to play for, right? Uh, but I say that James Robinson's back on the field and he helps, so we'll call it Herculean help. All right. Uh, no bulldozer, no problem. I, I just don't, I know they don't have Derrick Henry. Um, I worry in this game about the second half when I think the Jaguars will play tough in the, in the first half. In the second half, you're going to have a team that's motivated, that's physical against yeah. a team that's not motivated, uh, except by themselves, which historically in the NFL is a tough thing to overcome. So, I think they'll play well. I think they'll play hard. I think the Titans will out-physical them in the mm-hmm. second half. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yes. I think it'll be make it eight, which is eight losses in Nashville. But I think it'll be interesting. There's all this focus on Julio Jones and these explosive offensive weapons. And, oh, no, Derrick Henry, no problem. I think the Titans will run well against the Jaguars. But I think they will take away the Julio Jones and those. Well, let's be honest. I mean, this is not Julio Jones from his, you know, Hall right. of Fame day. But you see that name, you're like, oh, I'm going to pay all attention to that. struggled with injuries. He's really been a non-factor for them all year because he can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. No A.J. So Brown. I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry so much about Julio Jones. But they I, ran for 270 on New England. That's yeah. what I mean. I mean yeah. I went to, Without I, Derrick Henry. Eight right. in the box and stop the run at all costs. Yeah. And I think maybe you can do some things with coverage on Julio Jones. you got to stop the run. Absolutely. Sell out to stop the run. Yes, and that is the focus as the Jaguars take on the Titans in Nashville this Sunday. Stay tuned to Jaguars.com for all your game day coverage. We'll be right back here Monday morning on Jaguars Drive Time. Have a great weekend.